So it's 2019. Everyone needs a great pair of wireless earbuds. But before you go dropping hundreds of dollars on a pair, you need to check out the wireless earbuds from Raycon. Raycon earbuds start off at about half the price of any other premium wireless earbuds on the market, and they sound just as amazing. The company was actually co-founded by Ray J, and celebrities like Snoop Dogg, Melissa Etheridge, Cardi B, Brandy, J.R. Smith, and more are already obsessed. Raycon's wireless earbuds are so comfortable and so easy to take anywhere. Unlike some of your other wireless options, Raycon earbuds are both stylish and discreet, with no dangling wires or stems. And of course, they don't just look great, they sound great too. And they're perfect for listening to all your favorite iHeartRadio podcasts on the go. Raycon offers their wireless earbuds for everyone in a range of fun colors and at an unbeatable price. So go to buyraycon.com slash iHeart to get 20% off your order. That's buyraycon.com slash iHeart for 20% off Raycon wireless earbuds. If you've been eyeing a pair, now is the time to get an amazing deal. One more time, buyraycon.com slash iHeart. My next guest, and he's on the phone, is the executive director of the Wade Smith Foundation. The foundation supports community youth programs in the greater Houston and Dallas-Fort Worth metroplex areas and focuses on literacy and education. He is the author of two children's books, Smitty Hits the Playbook and Smitty Tackles Budling. Smitty Tackles Budling. He is also an ambassador for the Houston, Texas. I'm sure he wasn't happy yesterday in Houston. He is in the nighttime uh, sports talk radio host, which I do listen to this show when I come back to Houston on a regular basis, on Sports Radio 610, the Smitty and Trap Show, as well as a public speaker. He's on the show today to talk about his foundation, his two children's books, Smitty Hits the Playbook and Smitty Tackles Bullying. Please welcome to Money Making Conversations, Wade Smith. How y'all doing today? Pretty good, man. Pretty good, Wade. You know, I, 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 I you, you in Houston right now? I am in Houston right Houston, now. Yes, okay. I am. You're an ambassador to the Houston, Texas. Nine in a row. Nine in a row now. Come yeah, on, yeah. You can't win them all now. Oh, that's what we're gonna, that's what we're gonna say. That's what we're gonna say, huh? <laughs> that's what the Atlanta Falcons said to the New England Patriots, huh? You can't win them all. You can't win them all. Well, listen, <laughs> that one, that one, y'all definitely should have won. I'm still disappointed in the, about that one. Good. Come on now. Well, I'm not. I'm, I want to. I want to slow you down with sports, man, because uh, you know you get that enough. You do. That's what you do. For, you've done for a living in the NFL. Uh, you've. Uh, you have a, a, a wonderful show. I have a home in Houston. I do listen to your show, and I have a home in Atlanta. So when I go back to Houston, I always listen to your show because you have. A, you know, sometimes you listen to guys. They don't have the right insight. You have the right insight, and then the. the and I think the accountability outside of your sports world. It, it allows you to deliver you next you, you a very unique message. So so when you when you when you start talking about your brand, what is the Wade Smith brand? The Wade Smith brand. Well, I would just say this: um, there's a lot of outside forces that people um, use for branding and things of that nature. But I just I approach things from the, the standpoint that I really want to help children become better readers. I want them to understand how important literacy and education is, and understand that. Um, whatever socioeconomic situation that they may be in, mm-hmm. um, their education can can lift them out of that situation and get them to where they can compete with anybody around the world. And so people understand that I genuinely i am hands-on with all the things that I'm involved in, all the, the programs that I'm a part of. And so I think people see that genuine nature in me that I really do care myself. And, I'm, you know, there's some people that are parts of, uh, charities and, and foundations and, and philanthropy, philanthropic uh, 
aspects and it's more of a, a name thing. Like right. I put my name on things and or, or maybe it's a money thing and all of those things have a place because a name can bring attention to a, a, very, a very worthy cause mm-hmm. and uh, money can, can help, can definitely help um, fund many worthy causes. But I think my thing is that I genuinely want to be hands-on and on the front lines with with making things happen and understand having children to understand that they can be successful in life. And so I, I would consider that, you know, a, a brand in itself. So what age group are you targeting? Um, it's, it's, it's only, well, see, I have two different programs. One of the programs I'm reading with the pros, that's elementary age right. reading. It's reading right. at grade level by third grade. So that's those, what that's Smitty hits the playbook me. and Smitty tackles bullying as fuck. Am I right? Yeah. Both of the children's books are, are specifically for that age group. Um, basically from kindergarten to fifth grade, all elementary school students. And then I also have a, a scholarship program um, that's for outgoing seniors here in Houston and Dallas. And so it, it hits, you know, the foundation, and then also it helps kids get over the hump to to not allow, like I said, their economic situation to preclude them from going to, to college and getting a secondary education. And so um, that's really where we are with it. So with that being said, you know, uh, a lot of people, when they start foundations, they, you know, they either get a relative or a best friend. How did you set up your foundation? Because a lot of people inquire about the show. What are the rules of setting up a foundation? Who should be involved in helping set up the foundation? What, 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 you know, you're an athlete. A lot of people, are, I'm sure, approach you. Your agent may have recommended. How did you set up your foundation? Well, I would say this. My foundation, I learned a lot through trial and error. Um, mm-hmm. I I did start off my foundation when there was one specific person that they approached me about wanting to help me start my foundation and and she did a really good job of helping set up um, you know setting up getting a five hundred one c three and setting up a website and um, start my initial fundraiser mm-hmm. um, but through trial and error and through time you know I, I gradually. Um, set up my board of directors and grew that number. It started off with just three, and then it went to five, and now it's seven board members. And mm-hmm. we've had board members go in and out over the years, but for the most part, we've had a solid set of about five board members that have been there since the beginning. And it's it's one of those things that as you go, you learn that you want to have your board be as, as um, diverse as possible. You mm-hmm. want them to be able to hit varying aspects in um, the professional realm, just in all different aspects of when you need people that like, you know, I have a, a lawyer or two, I have two lawyers on my board. And so they help you with a lot of the legal aspects, trademarking, copyright, all of those type of things. Um, but you want to have a diverse board when it comes to their profession and as well as what their background is as well. Um, you want to have a board that is not just a an, an agreeable board. You want them to understand your vision, mm-hmm. but at the same time, you want them to be able to challenge you um, with some of the decisions that you are making, so that you're making sure that you don't have a, a bunch of yes people around. Absolutely, you. absolutely. You know what I mean? Because it's important so that you. So. That's why I wanted to bring that up, Wade. Because uh, you know, I have another break. I want to really break down, talk about the books, but I want to just talk about your journey a little bit. And when you start talking about a foundation, people just pop up into a foundation. You have to have record keeping. And also, when you talk talk about your board, every board member has to bring something to the table. 
you know, if you're at a very low level, they should be a graphic designer. If they they should be a salesman. They should be able to get you get you some relationships. They should be a relationship person. And all everybody on that board shouldn't just be. I just like you. I'm here. They have to bring something substantial to the organization or the or the cause that you're trying to grow and to bring your uh, bring uh, financial recognition to and assistance to and also brand recognition. And that's really the key. And that's what you was referencing that these board members have to bring something to the table other than I like you as an athlete or I like you as a person. No question. You know, a lot of people, the thing you run into is when you have um, athletes or people that are trying to start a foundation, a lot of times the people that they want to do the foundations with them are people that they trust. And so mm-hmm. that's why a lot of times you'll see um, family members that are part of the boards or, or part of, you know, starting the organization. But there's, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that as long as, like you mentioned, they bring something to the table. Like my, my mom uh, is the treasurer and secretary for the board. Well, she's been in banking. It's, I'm 37 years old. She's <laughs> yeah. been in banking my entire life. You know, right, whether right. it's been starting mm-hmm. off as a bank teller to mm-hmm. now she's an auditor of, mm-hmm. of you know multi-million dollar company. So when you have you have family members, somebody that that combination of somebody that you can trust that can tell you about yourself, and then also that is is uh, it is competent in what they're doing. That's kind of the right formula to be a success, I think. Yep. I'm on the phone with uh, with the Ray Smith. He's an NFL veteran. Uh, he has the Wade Smith Foundation that uh, it really focuses on um, in the Dallas area, Dallas-Fort Worth metroplex area, which I'm very familiar with, and as well as the Houston, Texas area, which I was born and raised in. And when you come back, we're going to talk about two of his books, Smitty Hits the Playbooks and Smitty Tackles Bullying. Uh, his the Tackles Bullying I find very relatable, and I'm going to share my story to let you know how a simple – a simple statement can change the way your whole life thinks. And this tackles bullying is about public reading or reading out loud. And this young man in this story uh, was affected by it as I was affected by it in middle school and it changed the way I approached my life. And that's why I wanted Wade on the show to say, hey, man, keep doing what you're doing. Hi, welcome back to Money Making Conversation. On the phone is um, the executive director of his own foundation, Wade Smith Foundation. Uh, the Wade Smith Foundation provides community support for youth programs in the areas of education and literacy, health, fitness, and nutrition, summer summer healthy meal programs, Richardson Independent School District, that's up in Dallas, mentorship program, and annual scholarship programs. Tell us about these two books and why did you write them, Mr. Smith? It's- well, I've always wanted to write my own books, and so uh, ever since I was a little kid, and since my reading with the pros program, we going we go into elementary schools all over Houston and Dallas, like you mentioned, and talk to the kids about the importance of reading and how cool it is. I thought what uh, the next step to that would be to is to actually tell the kids like and show the kids that reading is extremely important, but also taking a next step to writing is is, is even a bigger deal and and, uh, and and something that you can definitely um something you can participate in and i think the best way of um getting that across is not by just telling kids them but actually showing them and being able to discuss the ways that you know you go about doing that and so i think that both of the books have a really good message i think somebody hits the playbooks is is uh, a story that talks about a, a little kid that his mom wouldn't let him play sports at all wouldn't let him play football and she thought he would get hurt 
and he begged and pleaded for her to to give him a chance to play. And, and once she did, she finally relented. He got the bright idea that he was going to stop doing his homework and paying attention in class because he was going to be a big time football player. Yeah, that's one relatable. Day. And so, <laughs> who needs? Yeah, who who needs sports? Who needs? Who needs school for that? You know, mm-hmm. who needs to pay attention in class? And mm-hmm. he he learned very quickly that um, that's not the right. You have to prioritize your education before for anything if you want to have some of those um those goals that you want to to achieve and if you want to live out your dream your education is the foundation that's going to get you there and so um it just talks about how smitty dealt with that 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 adversity that hit and and how he's able to overcome that and then the the smitty tackles bullying book um it talks about it's still the same smitty character but it talks about his friend that um, is struggling with reading. He's trying to get out of reading. Any, any chance that comes up for him to read, he tries to get out of it. And Smitty doesn't know why. He's come to find out that you know his 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 friend was getting made fun of while reading because he struggled with reading. Mm-hmm. And so it talks about how Smitty was able to help his friend overcome that as well. And and, and it's it's a story that I I wrote because when I was a kid, I was that kid in class that loved to read. Every chance I got. To, to read in class, I raised my hand. I wanted to read, but I had a certain group of friends, you know, a handful of guys that, when it came time to read, they always would do something to get in trouble. They would act up in class. They make jokes or something and get sent to the principal's office. And back then, as a kid, I'm just thinking, you know, hey, you know, my my friends are really funny. Um, but come to find out that they all struggled with reading. You know, a handful of guys, they struggled reading, and they were embarrassed, and they didn't want to read in class, and they want to be made fun of. Mm-hmm. And so they did things to avoid it. And I've since seen now where, you know, some have ended up. Some of them are no longer with us. Some of them are in, in jail. Some of them are in kind of dead-end situations. And I wanted to kind of write this story to let kids now understand and know that if you're struggling with reading, if it's hard for you, if it's difficult, it's okay to be that way, but it's not okay to stay that way. Um, ask for help. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. whether it's uh, your mom, dad, teacher, uh, brother, a friend, it also it also puts across the aspect that if you are somebody that really enjoys reading yourself and you're good at yourself and you maybe notice a friend of yours or somebody that's struggling with it or doesn't like it as much, to reach out and help them as well, because I wish, you know, if I knew now, um, right. if I knew then what I knew now, you I would have them. said something to mm-hmm. my buddies and put them to the side to try to help them, because I, I just know that without that foundation, it's very difficult to to achieve and, and become what you want to be in life if you don't have that foundation to read it. It's really amazing. I, I, uh, I'm i older than you, and uh, in middle school, I was a very talented reader. My teacher used to always call on me. See, bullying is... It's really interesting how people don't understand it, and people talk like like bullying just started. You know, bullying has been around since the beginning of time. Anytime somebody uh, criticized you publicly or pushed you or physically uh, dominated you or made you anything, made you do anything you didn't want to do or made you feel constantly uncomfortable, that is uh, both mentally and physically, that's bullying. And I remember in uh, my middle school, uh, my teachers used to always call on me to uh, read. Rashawn, could you read out loud? I would hop up and I'd read. And then finally one day this little girl go, I'm tired of him reading. I go, huh? What's my little class? We say, and, and, and she said, I'm tired. And then a couple of more students, we tired of him reading too. And I go, okay. And it, and it, and it bothered me so bad and um, it, that I, I, I intentionally started changing the way I talked. 
You know, I started using yeah. broken language. I started because I was I was I was the type of guy. I was real athletic, and so when I would play basketball on the court, I wouldn't use foul language. And I would say, if you foul me, I would say something like, uh, "Is it necessary to use that type of force?" That's how I would talk on the basketball course. <laughs> and so, right. and, and so, and so, and so, when 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 she when they attacked me, they attacked me. It, my, my my mind just flipped. I went, oh, 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 oh and, I, and my mind forced me to like dumb down everything. So I wanted to fit in, and so right. so that moment, that attack, caused me many years to to not recover from that because of the fact that when I when I when I dumbed it down, it seemed the more people liked me, and that's not fair. You should be liked based on who you are and what you are accomplishing in life. You should not be liked. Because you're you're fitting in, or you you fitting in because you want people to like you because of the fact that you're different or walking a certain certain role in life, and that's what your book is about. Your about your book is about articulating yourself and your strengths. Both books I was find relatable. I remember when I was uh in the sixth grade, uh, I jammed my neck playing football, and my mom said, "You can't play football ever again, ever again." Mom, I'll play football. Nope. You would never play football again. Never play football. So, so injuries and 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 then when I look at social media now, with I find that relatable and playbook because the fact that that's the next book you got to write. You got to write that social media book and how it affects uh, these these kids nowadays and how how that that cyber bullying. So I just felt when I read both of your books, I felt okay, this guy go write more books because you're tapping into two lanes right now that I personally experienced many many years ago that are even more are relevant today because of the fact that you have social media. You have a, a, such a digital footprint out there that allows individuals to to cause a greater degree or a wider degree of harm, correct? Yeah, so like my third book is actually in the works right now. I'm in the process of writing that. And what we're doing is we're seeing Smitty kind of come of age, that character Smitty come right. of age. And mm-hmm. So as he gets older, they'll, he'll be running up against various different adverse situations and different um, topics that are, are relevant to, to kids today and messages that um, they can kind of draw from and, and understand because of the way it's, it's, I try to make it as relatable as possible. Um, but in the first two books, Smitty is like in the third, fourth grade. Mm-hmm. So maybe when, when Smitty gets to about sixth or seventh grade, that, that social media aspect can come in because hopefully he doesn't, he doesn't have a Instagram or Twitter account yet at this end well, of age. Well, you know, I know, Wade, you know, you, you, you know, you're, you're, you're an entrepreneur, you're a creative content producing guy. You know, this is just the early stages. I'm a writer. I've been writing since 92 yeah. and sitcom and writing films. So I know about content producing. I know about talented people. And I know that you're forced. You know, the artwork is really good. The storytelling was really good. I felt it very relatable. I'm just letting you know that what you're talking about, just move it up. Just move You move that right up to high school because that's right, that's right there. Think they, you, you really think you can get a big head. Get a big head in high school. And think that <laughs> think that you can just stop studying and you're gonna go to college and then you and then you go to college and you just flunk out. And so because you don't know the basic techniques. So I just felt that the book that you wrote at that age group was very transferable to middle school, was very transferable to high school, and not you know, hey, you you've been successful without me. I'm just telling you from a brand guy, from a guy who does marketing, I like to call myself a marketing expert, because just look at my resume. You got it going on, my friend, and just know that 
Just make them older because it's relatable. And when you make it relatable, then more people will be, be engaged because your brand, know this, those kids, they're growing older, and you got to you gotta go with them two ways. You got to go with them. You just, can't, you just can't have them in elementary. You got to go find them again in middle school because they, they would have forgot some of them good, those good lessons you taught them, and you got to go find them again in high school, okay? <laughs> no question about it. No question about it. Man. I will be doing so. And I, and I really want to appreciate, you know, uh, you coming on my show because of the fact that how can we, if we want to make a donation or do you have any galas coming up, anything on the calendar that I can support you in? Uh, well, First of all, you can always go to uh, wadesmithfoundation.org yes, sir. Um, if you want to donate on there. Um, there's a, a tab on there that you can just do a donation, a general donation. We also have our, our both of the books are available uh, for sale at wadesmithfoundation.org. Yes, mm-hmm. The books are also available at, at Amazon and, and different outlets like that, but all of the money from the sales of the book go to the foundation, and so when we sell them directly from um, our foundation website, we get a, a much larger percentage of the funds, and you know that your funds are directly going to helping kids read at grade level here in the Houston area as well as um, Dallas. And then we also do our Reading with the Pros event all over the country when we go to various Super Bowls. You know, we went to San Francisco, we went well, to Arizona. What? I will see you in Atlanta, my brother. To, I'll see you in Atlanta. Yeah, and uh, we'll be here in Atlanta, no question. All righty, bye bye you need to check out the wireless earbuds from Raycon. Raycon earbuds start off at about half the price of any other premium wireless earbuds on the market, and they sound just as amazing. Unlike some of your other wireless options, Raycon earbuds are both stylish and discreet, with no dangling wires or stems. And of course, they don't just look great, they sound great too. And they're perfect for listening to all your favorite iHeartRadio podcasts on the go. So, go to buyraycon.com iHeart to get 20% off your order. That's buyraycon.com iHeart for 20% off Raycon wireless Wireless earbuds. If you've been eyeing a pair, now is the time to get an amazing deal. One more time, buy Raycon.com/iHeart.